Welcome to the Get More Math podcast, where we support teachers in their quest for long-term student gains. This is a podcast for teachers to share their passion for math education, learn best practices from experts in the field, and swap ideas for student success. This is community. This is Get More Math. Welcome to the Get More Math podcast. I'm Derek Maxson, the president of Get More Math, and I'm here with Josh Britton, the founder of Get More Math. And we are excited to welcome you to the podcast today. How are you, Josh? Doing good. Thanks, Derek. Josh, tell us a little bit about today's episode. What do we have to look forward to? Well, today we have an interview with Becky Cox. She's a middle school teacher with two decades of experience. She's really good at connecting with kids. She cares deeply about relationships with kids. And so I'll be asking her, how is she maintaining her relationships and her connections with kids at a distance? Well, that does sound great, Josh. And, and I'm sure our listeners are all excited to hear from Becky and from you. So let's go straight to the interview. Today, we're honored to have Becky Cox with us as our chief guest. She is a middle school teacher in Columbia, California. That's somewhere in the vicinity of Yosemite National Park. She's going to tell us a little bit about her experience doing distance learning. Becky, welcome to the show. Hi. Well, thank you for having me. Let's just start with a quick introduction. Can you tell us a little bit about your school and your responsibilities? Okay. Well, my name is Becky Cox, and I am a seventh and eighth grade math teacher. In a small school at Columbia Elementary, we have a um, kindergarten through eighth grade campus. And we have about 575 students on campus, and it's my responsibility to be teaching the seventh and eighth grade math portion. Very good. Thank you. How long have you been teaching? Now, I've been teaching 20 years. Great. Great. That's about how many years I put in. Um, there you go. Well, let's, let's actually kind of roll the clock back and think about two, three months ago, can you tell us loosely how a typical math class would roll for you? Okay, so in my classroom, it would typically start with me uh, teaching the lesson to the students, and then we would switch over to our get more math assignment. Uh, we've, we've done a really cool thing in our classroom. Uh, all of my desks have a coding on them so that my students can use um, dry erase markers and do the math right on their desks. And so it's kind of fun to walk around and watch them do their math, working all the steps. They're more willing to do that than actually write on paper. And uh, as soon as the high students finished the assignment, they would get up and they would start helping all of the students around. By the time class was over, all the students were working on priorities and uh, getting ready to get their homework done. That sounds great. Of course, um, unfortunately, you can't do that right now, right? How many weeks have you been out of the classroom? Uh, this is our third week right now. So as we've transitioned, what kinds of expectations does your school district have uh, for you going forward? So right now, uh, we just had our a big staff meeting because they just extended um, that we'll be out of school until May 1st. And so now we're actually looking at more, not just enrichment, which I think we were doing for the first two weeks, but now actually looking at you know, providing lessons and things for the students and keeping them, you know, trying to keep them active and entertained in, in school. Let's talk about what you did those first two weeks. Did you come up with some forms of enrichment? So, yeah, I did. Um, one of the things that I was really thankful for was that 
I had already been doing get more math in my classroom. So I didn't have to teach my students distance how to do something different than what they've already been doing in my classroom every single day. The only thing that the, the new element was that I had to create videos of the lessons now to share with the students. And now their interaction with me is completely through email and phone calls to my house. So that's been, you know, the big change, but they've always been allowed to call me at home anyway. So that hasn't even been a big change either. Wow. How many students do you have? So I have 115 students. Do many of them take advantage of your willingness to take phone calls? I, I have quite a few. I actually have about, I probably have about 15 regular students that, that call me consistently, you know, a couple of times a week. Um, today, I think today was the real first time that the kids started getting a serious sense of that we're going to be out of school for a while mm. because they got that phone call last night from the superintendent. Today, between 9 and 11, my phone was ringing almost nonstop. <laughs> so did, do you give them sort of office hours? Yes. So I had told them that my office hours would be 9 to 11 dedicated to working with them with math. After today, though, I realized I'm going to change it and I'm going to create Zoom meetings for an hour for each grade level where they can pop in and out of that Zoom meeting nice. to get help. And I think that's going to be smoother. It's I'm going to be able to help more students. Um, some of the students will probably get the answers to their same problem as I'm helping another student because they will all be able to see that. It's great. You talked about creating videos with instructional content, which you've never had to do before. I'm actually curious more about, suppose you've made five video lessons. Uh, how do you deliver those to the student? So there's a, there's a couple of different ways. Um, well, all of our students have school email accounts. So I'm sending them the link to the, to the video in their school email account. But I've also created a web page. And on that web page, they can go to their grade level where the first page is a calendar with all of the lessons. So they can see what lessons are coming up. And then when they click on the actual lessons, there's the, all the videos are right there. So they actually have access to all the videos as I upload them a week at a time up onto the website. And then I also have like a, a written transcript of the lesson for students who don't have internet. And then we're just making sure that parents come by and pick those up. Could a kid, if a kid wanted to sort of just binge and watch all five videos or something, how, how many videos are there in a week, I should say? So there'll be five, there'll be five videos a week. Well, that, that's phenomenal. It sounds like you've really gone the extra mile already. Did you have a website prior to this whole COVID response? I did have a website prior to that. And just to help students with and parents with updates. I also had links to like Khan Academy videos for students who, if they were struggling with the math, I'm going to now be replacing those Khan Academy links with my own videos mm -hmm. so that at home, just like next year, students will have videos of me reteaching that lesson. Now you mentioned that there's a benefit that you already were using a digital tool and using get more math, which is kind of fun for me. You know, so obviously I am intimately familiar with Get More Math, having made it. And one of the challenges I would project into this transition is it used to be if the kids got stuck on review problems. Let's say they're in a big mixed review. There's 60 different types of old skills that they could be held accountable to. But there's one they're really stuck on. Now they're not going to see you for at least a month, right? Right, right. Is the one of the big purposes of the Zoom to address those kinds of issues? 
Right. Not only will it, um, they, you know, they'll be able to ask questions about the actual assignment that I'm assigning that day, but then right now, just to keep it kind of easy, their assignment is only like three or four points. Oh, excellent. And then they're going into mixed review really quick. I've actually been like, I have a student who's, um, has special needs. And so I noticed that trying to talk to him just through email or even just trying to talk to him on the phone mm -hmm. hasn't really been helping. So I've actually been just making little mini videos whenever he sends me a question. And that way he can actually watch me do the math. And, and that's why I want to do those Zoom lessons. I know that they need to see me actually yeah. doing the math as I'm talking about it. I just heard twice today, actually, that Zoom offers a whiteboard. Have you used that? I haven't used the whiteboard yet. Um, right now, I have. Um, I had a smart board, so I have the program for a smart board on my computer. Okay. And and so I'm using that technology. And one of them is it just puts an overlay right on top of my Word document, or oh, that's nice. Or even right on top of the Get More Math um, teacher screen, where I can pull up the student's problem. And I can actually write on it, and it looks like I'm actually writing right on the program. Excellent. Do you have like a a stylus or something? Is that what you're using to write, or is it no with the mouse? So right now, I'm just I'm just using text. So I'm just typing it. Okay. okay. And I'm just using the text component because um, I'm not that coordinated. I do need to get a stylus because right now, just using a mouse, it looks like a four-year-old is writing on. Well, the, on it's the hard, isn't it? Uh, you can also so, <laughs> yeah. sometimes. Like, so I was just at a, a Get More Math webinar where a teacher was going through the different techniques for kind of putting math-specific visuals down. Uh, it's of course very complicated. You try to type stuff with your typewriter, and all of a sudden you need to put in one half, you know, or square root of two, yes. and now you're kind of in a bad spot. You can write square root yes. of two. It just, it's not as good. So she was showing yes. a tablet. It was relatively inexpensive, somewhere I think in the 30 to $40 range, and did a really nice job of uh, just kind of plug in, plug in use, basically, especially with the Microsoft products she was using. I am definitely interested in doing something like that because uh, it, like you said, it's kind of unwieldy. It takes a little while to create those lessons, to create all those math you know, symbols that I need. So I realize we're we're very much in early stages. So there's a lot of guesswork we're doing. What's going to work? How are things going to go? But it's interesting to me to hear that you're going to aim for five lessons a week. Are you actually trying to maintain the same overall um, scope and sequence for the next couple of months as you would have had they been in person? That that is my goal because I you know I teach seventh and eighth graders and I think that those kids want their regular routine. They were so excited when we had our first Zoom meeting the other day just to see us and to talk to us about math. And, you know, like I said today, once they realize that it's serious, it's not just an extra week off of school. Right. You know, the the desire to do their math has has really um, increased. And I think they're starting to realize that if they don't keep up, they're going to feel very behind next year when they're trying to do eighth grade math or my eighth graders wanting to go to high school. That's fantastic. So there's a lot of, you'd say, there's a building intrinsic motivator right. for them to, to get involved even remotely. And then I had a group of students. I had my high eighth graders in a special math class, um, in, a, in an enrichment class twice a week. And my focus with them was to give them the tools they would need to take a class this summer at the high school to skip their first year of math. 
And so there's a huge desire for those students to stay active in math because they still want to be able to do that. Have you had trouble uh, connecting with any of your kids yet? Um, yeah, I've, I've had a few. I do have a few students who don't have uh, don't have computers right now. And that's one thing the school is doing right now is we're taking um, some of our um, our first generation Chromebooks and we're going to start checking those out to students. And so they were checking to make sure get more math worked on it, which it does. So um, and they'll be just giving those to students who need computers. That's awesome. I'm going to say it sounds to me like in a way you were fairly well positioned for this. Now, I'm not saying this is a good thing, what's happening to all of us. But it sounds like you were already pretty conversant with digital, you know, digital practices. And uh, you'd already actually kind of accustomed your kids to being able to connect with you outside of the school hours. And you already had a website, you know, so for you, the, the new piece primarily is the video instruction, right. which I'm, I'm sure is an art in itself and will take you a while. Oh, to... my gosh. Yes. <laughs> well, can you comment on that? What's what's your what's your early stages journey? Like, what have you already discovered? Yeah, I'll tell you. OK, so first, um, I do not like being videotaped. <laughs> I, oh, dear. <laughs> I had a really hard time with that. And so sometimes I actually turn the cam off and I even tell the students, I can't keep looking at myself. It's distracting me. Uh, so I've noticed that um, because I'm nervous about being videotaped, I'm talking faster. So some of those lessons. And so I even sent an email that said, pause it if you need to. I'm just learning. And I realized how fast I was talking. And then, you know, the ridiculous stuff that you say over and over again that you don't realize until you record yourself and then you edit it and you realize that you have these dumb phrases that you say over and over again. So it's all that stuff, but I'm slowing down a little bit. I'm trying not to say so as much, leaving the cam up a little bit longer. Um, at the beginning, I'll start now with the cam larger just so they can see me larger and I'll just talk to them and then I'll go to a smaller version while I do the lesson. I like that. Do you do a um, a pretty thorough scripting ahead of time, or is it mostly sort of you have your general goals and then it's extemporaneous? It just depends on the lesson. So some of the lessons I feel so comfortable that I felt I could just I could just wing it. There were others that I thought I could, and then I I realized as I was starting to tape it that I was not making this as clear as I as I needed to. And so then I had to stop and just take notes. And I just took them in the math workbook right there that I have with me. That, and that, so that's been helping a good little bit. So it sounds like your production schedule is going to be loosely 10 videos a week. Is that right? Yes. And then, and then one extra one for my advanced math students. Okay. That's, that's pretty ambitious. And that class is a class that's assigned to them through Khan Academy. And so I already had all of that information. I know what classes. And so I'm just giving them walkthroughs on the things that I know they already know is just review. But there's some things that we hadn't taught yet that they still need to know, like graphing um, inequalities and systems of inequalities. And so that was much more treacherous, that video. Could you sort of tap out and use cons videos for that? You know, I know, and I can, but... Um, I can't, I like the kids getting that information, hearing my voice, they're comfortable with it. Mm. And I, I want to keep that connection. I don't want them to feel like they've just been passed to, to Sal Khan. That's a theme that I'm hearing early on is teachers and administrators 
what one thing they deeply care about is how to maintain the relational connection. Yeah. So if you just kind of give them a sheet of like, click on this, go to this, do this, and, and they're not hearing from you or even interacting with you, there's a, there's a real loss. There. Yes. And it, that certainly um, resonates with my understanding of what makes kids tick. You know, um, they might not like math. They might not like being in school, but if, if they know a person cares about them and is connected to them and is encouraging them, I think it wildly increases the probability of them succeeding because they're motivated right. by people who care for yeah, them. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Makes, it makes all that investment in videos kind of worth the pain. Yes. <laughs> and I'm growing. I mean, I'm doing something that is really far out of my comfort zone, which is yeah, funny okay. because I teach drama. You would think that that wouldn't bother me. <laughs> well, I'm just staying on your videos for a minute. What What's sort of the length of a video that covers a new concept, would you say? Is, is there a length? Well, they, they've actually been fluctuating. Um, so some of, the, some of them, when it's, you know, kind of long, like I'm teaching right now, I'm doing construction videos, teaching students how to use a compass. And okay. so those lessons are a little bit longer. They're 30 to 45 minutes long as I, because I'm talking to them about how to actually roll a compass through their their index finger in there and their thumb and, hmm. and where to place the pen and, and things like that. But other videos, they've only been like seven, 16, 17 minutes long. Well, here's, here's another question that intrigues me and I, I'd say puzzles me. To start, though, I'll explain that my, my teaching methodology was deeply invested in asking questions. So I almost never showed kids how to do anything. Uh, almost always, it was trying to intrigue them, trying to get them thinking, uh, trying to get them to explore an idea, to solve a problem, and to sort of build how to do something uh, for themselves. So that, you know, obviously that took a long time, and it also took tons of preparation. But I actually don't think I could make a video that accomplished that. It was all about the dialogue, right? Right. Uh, <laughs> so do you find yourself having to drop the, well, obviously you have to drop the interaction because it's just you talking, but has that presented difficulty? It has. Um, I think part of it because I'm so used to all that interaction that it is hard to just want to keep enthusiastic when there's no response, you know, um, oh, yeah. you know, because that's, well, that's really hard because you don't realize how much of your your teaching is in is involved with looking at the feedback you're getting from the students all the time and i am one who is constantly bringing in real life you know examples or you know going off on a tangent here or there just based on what a student will say and and mm -hmm. it was a real it was like a, it was like a dance you know, the, the, the conversations in the classroom and, and that's gone right now. So it's, it, that's kind of weird. And so you missed the dance. Oh, yeah. I, I, I get that. Yeah. And that's why I think I want to start those zoom lessons right away. So last night I right. had my daughter and my husband in another room with their laptops and I had them <laughs> pretend to be students while they were that's great. trying to mess me up so I could learn how to, <clears throat> how to control a room full of people on the computer. That's a great idea. I love it. I, it's, it's interesting. We were talking a little bit earlier about how students are at core motivated many times by relationship, 
rather than simply by tasks or what have you. What you just said reminded me that teachers are also at core often motivated by relationships. So your energy often as a teacher comes in a way you feed on the energy in the room. It's this, it's this mutually beneficial circle where on test days, it was never that beneficial because you could feel this. (laughs) (laughs) And then you, you had that 115 kids worth of stress piled on your shoulders. But, um, but yeah, it is, it's, and it's, um, it's hard to keep yourself that excited and pumped up when you don't have oh, that. That's right. So you're making videos and you're, you're building content, but then you don't get your special time, like uh, where the kids are laughing or asking good questions or really intrigued by something you asked them. Yeah, that's, that's, that's interesting. I hadn't actually, till this, this moment, hadn't thought about the fuel that you're missing. Like, I, you know, when I was in the classroom and I had hundreds of kids interacting with hundreds of kids every day, it just, it carried me along, right? Oh, yeah. Um, and it's, um, hmm. and what a great feeling when you knew you had everybody, you had them and it was, you know. Oh, yeah. You get a win. Yeah. I, I, I completely understand that. Well, this has been a, a really great conversation. I, I wonder if there are any other things you're thinking about that um, you anticipate challenges that kind of haven't realized yet, but maybe next week or a month from now, as, as you conjecture, what do you think is in store? Well, um, well, one of the things that I think is going to end up happening for, for teachers is I think we're going to end up with stronger um, relationships with parents because we're going to now have to transition from being in charge and, uh, of students learning and the students being accountable to us. And it's going to have to turn to where the parents are going to have to take up that piece and have the students accountable to them. And I can help them. I can show them exactly what they're doing, but that's going to be a, you know, that's going to be the next challenge. That's fascinating. Uh, I hadn't really thought about that either. So these conversations are uh, sort of fun for me, but also sobering. Uh, it, this thought is just hitting my mind for the first time, but my first thought is some scenarios, some parents may not do yeah. very well with that. And all of a sudden we have students who, you know, the school system has really stepped in and protected mm-hmm. and fed and nourished, and I'm even going to say cherished, because we do, we cherish every kid, or that's what we strive to do. Wow, that's a a deep concern would be if more responsibility lies on the parents. Generally speaking, of course, that's hard for parents, but parents will shoulder that and possibly even flourish in that. But in some cases, that might might not go very well. Yeah. And then, you Mm. know, I have, I have some parents that don't want their, they don't want to have to deal with arguing with their children to do math. So I have some students who are doing nothing right right now. And that's, and that's heartbreaking because I know they were, they were at least being accountable to me. And now that I don't have that, that's sad. That is sad. And how can, there's a limit to what you can accomplish. You, You could accomplish more if they were in the room. And you were like, hey, what are you well, doing? Or, you know, you could motivate them. You could talk to them. You could joke yes. around with them. Uh, and just yeah. look them in the eyes sometimes. I mean, they're junior high students. So, and just sometimes you just look them in the eyes and go, look, you're, you're playing a game and I'm not playing. And mm. when they realize mm-hmm. that, they just, they usually step up. 
and and they do exactly what they should be doing. That looking in the eyes part, you really can't do. And there's probably a hundred other things that you as a veteran teacher kind of do without even thinking, body language, word choice, eye contact, proximity, that are all out right. the window. You know, they're, they're techniques that just have no usefulness right, right now. Let's, let's uh, hit one other topic I've, I've been thinking about. I, I'm just curious to know where um, formal assessment is going to land for you. We are not holding the kids responsible for any of the work that's being assigned right now at all, because we have a population that we're not certain that they can access the information. So right now, there's not going to be any testing. And I'm not sure because I, I've been doing testing through Get More Math. And I've had students even ask me, are you going to, are we going to have to do a test this week? And um, so I think I'm just mm. going to talk with the students and see what they want. And if the consensus is that they'd like to see tests, I'll turn the test on every Friday and create a test for them and let them see because there are those students who want that, that they really need it even though they know that I can't actually transfer those scores into my grade book and okay. hold them really accountable with a report card. Sure. But they might like right. to know where they stand. That, that's real. I think that'd be pretty neat if it was an opt-in test and the learners were motivated to, you know, knock it out of the park or find out where they right. could find out. That's, I think that's a, a better than nothing. And I think that's where it's going to have to be right um, now as far as, and then, you know, we'll see as, right. as it goes along. Um, but my impression, I mean, at the staff meeting, it was nice to hear that second grade teachers were wanting to do that same thing. They, they weren't wanting to just send enrichment stuff to their students. They want to keep teaching them. That's great. Well, that's the questions that I have. And I, I certainly enjoy hearing what you're doing, Becky. Uh, I, I admire your your dedication and your investment into your kids. I personally am expecting, I'm expecting less, do you know? I'm expecting us all to achieve less than we used to. But I, I love it that you are, you're doing your utmost to, to help your kids hit their utmost, uh, given the constraints in which we all find ourselves. So uh, and, and also, I'm, I'm glad we can be a part at Get More Math and give you a tool that's uh, supporting your, your practices. That's fun for me, too. Well, thanks, Becky. Appreciate your time and all the best in your, in your endeavors the next month oh, or two or however long this takes. Thank you so much. It was a lot of fun, you guys. Thank you, Becky. I appreciate so much you being a guest today on Get More Math and Josh, that was a great interview. What's one or two takeaways that you would give to each one of us to summarize your time with Becky today? One thing that stands out for me is the importance of relationship. Uh, that came out when she was talking about making content for her students, how she's opted to make videos every day for each class because she wants her students to hear her voice. They know her, they trust her, and she wants that she wants to do anything she can to to maintain the connection, the personal connection. And that really, that really resonates with me. But even perhaps more fascinating to me, uh, as I said earlier, is she um, is also noticing how important the students relating to her is. So she's, she's accustomed to getting every day this um, really the sweet energy that comes from kids laughing at her jokes, responding to her ideas, that happens, you know, five days out of seven. She's got all of these kids who are 
sort of in this, this excellent cycle of she gives to them, but they give back to her. And it got me thinking a lot just in this short period of time about um, how our teachers right now, if they're feeling like, like lethargy or, or really absence of energy, a big part of that could just be sort of a missing nutrient that they're accustomed to, something that they normally feed on without even really thinking about, just riding the energy of the people in their lives. So they have the same responsibilities. They still have to reach out to those, um, to all those kids, but they have so much less relational energy to, to sort of ride on. And I was just putting myself in those shoes. Wow. That, that would be sort of an extra challenge in doing work. That's already really challenging. As I listen to Becky, I hear an expert in, in digital content. Obviously she, prior to this catastrophic event, she was already pretty versed in using uh, online practice tools and in communicating with, with parents and students outside the classroom. So if you're listening to, to the steps she's taking now and you're thinking, I haven't done any of those things, I do want to encourage you to, to try to start small, find one thing you could do that's digitally oriented, remote learning oriented, and uh, step into that and experiment with it, bring it up to speed, but probably don't try to do everything at once. So for, for Becky, the new thing is to make video instructional content. Um, that's a pretty big reach and a lot of work. If you haven't even, you know, perhaps mastered using Zoom or um, if, you, if you're not accustomed to using some, an online practice platform, maybe start with one of those and work your way up. So that's something that I think that we should all be aware of is the importance of managing our expectations as we try to transition from what we're used to and what we need to do now. Well, thanks, Josh. That's a lot to, um, to think about, but it's also an encouraging message that you have for us and that Becky has for us. So thank you for bringing that today. And hey, our first episode is in the book now. We've got it. And so check back with us, everyone, next week where we'll have the next episode of the Get More Math podcast. Thank you for listening to the Get More Math podcast. We would like to invite all our listeners to visit our website at getmoremath.com where you'll find helpful information about how Get More Math can help you transform the math education experience through targeted mastery and cyclical review. We would welcome you to take advantage of our free trial, which is good not only for the remainder of this school year, but also for the 2021 school year. If you think this podcast would be helpful to others, please share it, post it on social media, or leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have any comments or suggestions for future episodes, please send an email to podcast at getmoremath.com. See you next time on the Get More Math podcast.